Thanks for joining us today. We are walking by faith and we use the truth of God's word to change lives around the world. In 2017, we're excited to announce some new changes. We're the same show, just with a fresh new look, logo, website, and a brand new app. Now wherever you go, you can take Walking by Faith with you. Are you a saver or a spender? Do you love to get the latest and greatest of everything or keep all your money for the what ifs? In Consumption Assumption, Pastor Dwayne teaches us about God's plan for our money, how to save for the future but still afford the things you want today. Today, I want to talk to you about money ditches. For every, every time you go down the expressway, you drive one mile down the expressway, there are two miles a ditch. You, you can go off on either side, right? And, and when it comes to money, Jesus talks about two ditches, right? It's like there, there is the road right up the middle, but then there are on each side, there's a ditch that we can get in, all right? Now, as a, as a pastor, uh, you, you could talk to any pastor, any counselor, all right? And when, when, every time somebody comes up to you, like eight, I shouldn't say every time, 80, probably 90% of the time when somebody comes up to you and they say to you, Pastor, can I come and see you? Now, when they do it, it 80, 90% of the time, this is what it has to do with. It has to do with money or sex. Those are the two things, all right? And our culture is not any help when it has to do with it, these subjects, all right? In fact, they actually think that Christians, get this, are against sex. I just tell them, I got four kids, 18 grandkids. Forget that. We, we're all in. We're all in. But, but sex was God's idea, all right? And when it comes to money, that is the left. They, they just, well, the church, they just, they just want your money, all right? But if all of us would follow what the Bible teaches about sex and money for six months, right? People's lives would be changed. They would be happier. They would have fewer regrets. All right? And why does the Bible talk about money so much? Is because God knows that it is the number one competitor for your heart. It's not the devil. There aren't a lot of people going around, I love the devil. I'm serving the devil. There are not many of those. All right? But Jesus said, you cannot serve God and money, right? The, the question is, do I trust God? Do I give him all of my heart, all of my life, all of myself? And when it's all, it includes our money. Now, during the 12th century, we had, we had the Crusades. Well, well, actually, you know, it began like in the 8th century. Uh, the two, uh, Charles Martel stopped the advance of Islam into Europe in France. And then for the next few centuries, they were fighting to get Islam out of Europe. And then they were trying to get back the Holy Land. And they, they, the, the, the crusaders were allowed to bring mercenaries with them. But because they saw it as a religious thing that they were doing, they insisted that the crusaders be water baptized. And the crusaders that were mercenaries, right, they were being hired, all right, when they were getting water baptized, they would literally let themselves be baptized, but they would take their sword out and they would keep the sword out of the water. 
They're saying, like, I'm going to let Jesus, I'm going to let God talk to me about all my life except my sword. And what I do with my sword is my business and not God's business. Right? I think it's interesting, a few centuries later, Martin Luther said, we need to baptize people twice. He said, first we need to baptize the person and then we need to baptize them with their wallet. Because it's like, like, we're like, God, you can have all of me except for this part right here. I'm keeping this. I am perfectly capable of handling this money thing all by myself, right? But Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. He either hate the one and love the other, be devoted to one and despise the other. He said, you cannot, impossible, to serve God and mammon. So Jesus knew there was a battle for our heart. Would we trust and serve God in every area, including with our money? Right? So often it's the things that money buys right? that steals our heart. We, we listen to what the Bible calls the deceitfulness of riches. It says, if I just had more, I would be valuable, I'd be important, I would be invincible, I would be safe, I would be protected, I'd be better than others, it would heal my hurts, right? But God wants our devotion. He wants to be our king, our master, and he knows the chief competitor, right, is stuff and the acquisition of stuff. Now, I mentioned there's two ditches, right? There's the road that God wants us to go down, but on each side of that ditch, by the way, the Bible says in Proverbs, the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich and it adds no sorrow to it, all right? Now, you've got the road that God wants us to go down, and on each side, there's a ditch. On one side, there is the ditch of consumption, and we can just call this the consumption assumption, that every time something comes to me, it's for me. All right? And we're just out there consuming, consuming, consuming. And, and when the consumption is the issue, we just think everything that comes is for me to consume. And so if, if you live with the assumption consumption, every time something comes to your house, it ends up at your house. It's a new car, a big screen television, a bigger house, a vacation. It's consume, 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 consume. Right? But then there's the other. That's one ditch, the consumption ditch. All right? But here's the other ditch, and it's the hoarding ditch. All right? and, and, and really, it goes kind of like this. Well, what if the stock market drops drastically? What if I lose my job? What if I get sick? What if I'm left alone? What if I outlive my money? What if Social Security goes bankrupt? And so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to get more and more and more and more and more. Jesus tells a story in the Gospel of Luke about a rich man. He said that his fields produced abundantly. And there was no room to put all his stuff in his barn. So he said, this is what I'll do. He said, I will tear down my barns and I will build bigger barns. And then I will take all, everybody say all. All of my goods. And I will store them in my barns. And then I will say to myself, self you have got plenty laid up for many, many years. Eat, drink, and be merry. And Jesus said, you fool. He said, today, your soul is going to be required of you. And then whose will all of this stuff be? Now, the key word in that story that Jesus told is all. 
He said, I will take all of my goods. All. Everybody say all. all. You see, because he thought everything that came to him was for him. Right? But everything that comes to you, everything that comes to me, everything that came to him, it wasn't for him. Right? There was some of it that was for him, but there was some of it that he was supposed to give. He was supposed to sow. Right? And really, whether it's the consumption assumption or hoarding, the way through, the way free, because either side of it, it's the deceitfulness of riches. Both of them are the deceitfulness of riches. And both of them have the same cure. It's right down the middle road that when something comes for you, all of it is not for you. Right? There's some of it that you're supposed to give. Some of it that you're supposed to sow. Right? Now, I have been in full-time ministry either as a missionary, and most of that time as a missionary pastor, or pastoring here for 40 years. In fact, over 40 years. And this is what I want to tell you. Nobody sees greed in the mirror. Nobody. You say, why do you say that? Because I have prayed for tens of thousands of people. Right? Not one ever said to me, not one time, over 40 years, not one person ever said to me, pray for me, I'm greedy. I have all kinds of prayer requests, but nobody says, pray for me because I'm greedy. All right? You know why? Because you don't see it. You do not see it. All right? And, and I want to make a confession to you right now. All right? Every one of us is going to be tempted with one of these two sides. All right? And some of us, like me, I get tempted on both sides. All right? But, but the deceitfulness of riches comes to every single one of us, all right? We don't think we're, we're greedy. I'm careful. I'm a saver. In fact, I'm like God. God saves, I save. You know, I'm very, very godly, all right? You know, you know I just want to give my family the things that, that I couldn't. I just want to be prepared. I'm a planner, all right? Yeah, that, that greed, it's the assumption that all of it is for me, all right? Now, you can, listen, you can be poor and not have a penny and be greedy. Or you can be rich and be greedy. It's not a matter of how much you have. It's always a matter of our heart. Right? It's always a matter of our heart. Both, but listen, that, that it's all for me now, consumer. It's all for me later, hoarder, saver. But it's all for me. Right? Both of them, both of them leave us living as if there is no God. Both of us leave us as if there's no God. Can I get what I want? Will others have more, bigger, better, newer, shinier? Right? The consumer. Right? The hoarder. Will I have enough savings for my goals? Will I have enough for the future, right? When your number one pursuit is either the accumulation of stuff or security through money, you live as if there is no God. And here's what's interesting. When, when we hit a problem, uh, we cry out to God, 
You know, like, God protect us, God help us, God bless us. You know, God help me sell my car, my boat, my, 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 my car, whatever it is. All right? But here's the deal. God doesn't want to be our contingency plan. He wants to be king. He wants to be master. He wants to be ruler. He doesn't want to be our backup plan. All right? So to break the power of consumption or hoarding, right, the key is dependence on God. It's a decision to let God rule in our hearts, in our lives, in every single area, and that includes our money. Right? And the truth is, it's not about money, it's about our heart. It's about our heart. But Jesus knows, God knows, the chief competitor for your heart is consumption or hoarding. It's one of the two. So God's way is this. Proverbs 21, verse 20 explains part of it. It says the wise man looks ahead and saves, but the fool spends all that he gets, right? So what God's plan is that we give first, then we save, and then we live. We live on what's left. Give first. Why first? Because he's king, because he's God, because he is number one in our heart, in our life, in our pursuit, in our purpose, God is number one. We give first. Somebody says, I don't have money to give. No, you don't have money to go to McDonald's. Because we don't give God what's left over, we give him the first. We give him the first, all right? Then we save. Then we live on what's left. Ephesians 4, let him stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, that which is good that he may have something to give, all right? Now, if you only have two of these, if you only have the saving part and the living part, all right, you're your own master. You are your own master unless we put God first, all right? And, of course, God's plan is start, give 10%. We say save 10% and live on the rest. And that's a great place to start, now, when our kids were young, we, they got an allowance, or they did something around the, uh, the house or the yard, and they, we'd give them some money for that. You know what we did right from the start? We made them take a dime of every dollar and say, this is for church. You're going to give this to God. You're going to honor God with this. Now, listen, number one, we did not do that because the church needed their dime. Can you follow me? The church did not need their dime, all right? And contrary to what some people think, I wasn't planning on stealing their dime. All right? We did that because we wanted something in their heart. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, all right? So that's what we wanted for them. That's literally, that's what I want for every single person that's here. If I could sit down at lunch with you and talk to you face to face, I would tell you, this is what I want for you. This is what Jeannie and I have done. We have seen it work in our lives. This is what the Bible teaches us to do in order to put God first in our life. Malachi 3 verse 10, bring all the tithe, the full tithe of the translation say, into the storehouse 
And that's the local church where you're, where you're cared for, where you're fed. That there may be food in my house. Try me. Prove me. Now, in this, says the Lord of hosts, see if I won't open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing. There will not be room enough to receive it. Right? Where do we start? We start right there. We start with God first. In fact, the tithe is actually not 10%. It's the first 10%. Right? I want that for you. Right? Because I want your heart to be totally dedicated to God. Jeannie and I were talking about this yesterday, and Jeannie said it this way. Right? Faith is the generosity road right down the middle right? where you take and honor God first. Fear is on each side. One side of the one ditch is the fear I'm missing out. I won't have something that somebody else has. And the other fear is that I won't have enough in the future. Those are the two ditches. I won't have enough for the future. I will, I'll be missing something. Somebody's going to have something that I don't have. And they're both fear, right? But right down that middle road is a road of faith, right? Where we are generous, where we put God first in our finances, right? Somebody said this. They said, money is like manure. Right? It stinks when you pile it up, but it does a lot of good when you spread it around. Just a thought. By the way, that's my best joke for today. <laughs> but all of us are susceptible all right, to greed. And whether it's on that hoarding side or that consuming side. Again, Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. Either he'll hate one and love the other or he'll be devoted to one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You know, Bob Dylan years ago sang a song, you're going to serve somebody. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, you're going to serve somebody. He says, you can serve God, but if you're serving God, you put him first in the area of your finances. The number one competitor for your heart is money. Whether it's saving and hoarding or it's the assumption consumption. He said, you're going to be devoted someplace. He said, and we want you to be devoted to God. He said, it's impossible. You cannot. Don't even try. He says, you can't serve both. So he said... So don't worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? In, 19, in the 1980s, there was a song. Some of you remember this, you old people. You remember that song, don't worry, be happy. I remember that. Yeah, you remember that? Don't worry, don't worry, be happy. That is literally what Jesus is saying. All right, right here, two verses later. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Don't worry, how will I survive in old age? How will I get my kids through college? How am I going to survive making these payments? What am I going to do? What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? Where am I going to live? Jesus said, don't do that. You know, if you're laying in bed at night worrying about that, all right, Jesus has said, yeah, you've got your priorities. Your trust is in the wrong place. He says, you're trusting in riches. You're trusting in yourself. He said, put me first. He said, I know that you need all of these things. I says, I'm going to take care of you. All right. Again, the next verse. For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. Jesus is saying, if you put that as your priority, you're either hoarding or you have that assumption, consumption, Jesus said, you're living like a pagan. 
Now, you may say you're a Christian, and maybe you are a Christian, but Jesus said you're not living like a Christian. Right? Because what a Christian does is a Christian puts God first in every area of our life. And that includes our finances. The pagans, they serve. They're devoted to the thing. They're, they're devoted to the assumption, consumption. They're devoted to hoarding. He said, and if you're worrying about what you're consuming and about money and stuff, you're living like a pagan. Right? Not like God is number one in your life. Not that he loves you, that he cares for you, that he sees your need. And he said that he will add all those things unto you when you put him first. You can rely on your ability or you can rely on his ability. I like his ability much, much better. The pagans, their number one pursuit. It's stuff, it's money, it's security. Jesus said, listen, do not be like them. Got that? Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you even ask him. Right? The Christian believes God knows, God loves them, God cares. And he said all those things, he said they'll be added to you when you walk that faith walk. When you put me first in your life. Right? God knows he cares. It is not going to be a prayer of desperation because we've been going our own way, all right? When, it, when you know that he loves you, that he cares for you, that he knows every need, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Not all the things, not the accumulation, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Something is going to be your number one priority. Jesus said it can be God or it can be the assumption, consumption, stuff, or it can be the hoarding. But God's plan is give first, then, then save a portion and live on the rest. Now, the Bible says again, the wise man looks ahead and saves. The foolish man spends all that he gets. Now, somebody added this to that verse, all right? And if you're an American... You spend all you have plus 15%. Right? So, so literally, here's what God's saying. Yeah, he's saying you may need to ratchet down your lifestyle a little bit. And here's why. Jesus said you think that your life consists in the number of things that you possess. But Jesus said your life does not consist in the abundance of your possessions. You think that's going to make you happy? Jesus is saying, that is never going to. I want, you to, I want to ask you a question. The last consumption that you did, how long did it make you happy? Right. And before long, it was just old hat, and you had to wash it and wax it and clean it and insure it and repair it. Right. And because you had it, you had to use it because you had it. Right. You, know, you, you thought that thing was going to make you happy, and after like... Whatever amount of time, you're like, why'd I even get that? Why'd I even do that? Well, you were trying to keep up with the Joneses, that's why. And, you know, you went and borrowed the money and you got it. And then they refinanced and got a newer one. <laughs> but this is what God wants. God wants for every single one of us. This is what I believe and I want every one of you to do. Not 
because this is what the church needs. This is because this is what you need, all right? First of all, I believe that every one of us need to take at least 10% and sow that first. And I believe it should be sown into the local church because that's what the Bible tells us, into the storehouse where you're cared for. You know, th- this, this congregation isn't where it should be. You know, we're pinching. We don't do things that we want to do, that we should do, all right? But if you're a Christian, you need to put God first and seek him first in every area of your life, all right? And why? Because when you do, this will affect every area of your life. It will affect your heart because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, we have the advertising industry, a multi-billion dollar industry that creates a culture of more. It just generates desire. If you had this toothpaste and your teeth were whiter, you'd be happy. If you drove this car, had these clothes, this vacation, if you had it, you'd be happy. And again, as soon as you get it, it isn't long and you're like, it didn't make any difference at all. Right? You're not any happier at all. But they tell you your next acquisition will make you happy. Right? And again, God is not against your being wealthy. He's not against having stuff. In fact, this is what the Bible says. It says it richly, he richly gives us all things for our enjoyment or for our pleasure. If you've got stuff, God doesn't want you to feel guilty about stuff. And if you're wealthy, God doesn't want you to feel guilty about being wealthy, right? But he wants you to put him first. Whether we're rich or whether we're poor, God says, put me first. He wants us to trust him, all right? Generosity produces the virtues of joy, peace, purpose, and contentment. And it gives Life, true meaning. First Timothy 6, exactly what it says, right? It gives your life true meaning, true purpose, right? That culture of more is measured by your net worth, your square feet, your horsepower, your accounts, your clients, your, your 401k, whatever it is. But you know what? All of it is vulnerable to bad decisions and fickled markets and forces beyond any of our control. But when we put him first, this is what he said. You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. He will provide for you and for me. You know, Jesus said that money is the number one competitor for our heart. And if you've been watching today and you realize this, that you're not right with God, that you're away from the Lord, and you say, I need to get back with God, I need forgiveness, I want to be right with God, I want to invite you to bow your head right now and to pray this prayer from your heart. Just say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins, and I believe he rose again. And today I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I'm going to live for him every day. And I thank you, you've heard my prayer, that I'm forgiven, that I'm your child on my way to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, we'd love to get you a copy of his book, Your New Life. He wrote this book to help you continue on your journey to take the next steps in your walk with God. You can go to walkingbyfaith.tv and download it absolutely free. While online, you can purchase a copy of today's message in the WVF store. If this ministry is feeding you and blessing you spiritually, please consider becoming a partner with us. You can go to walkingbyfaith.tv slash give and click on the giving option that's right for you. We'd love to hear how God is using Walking by Faith to change your life. 
To share your story with us, send it to yourstory@walkingbyfaith.tv. We believe God acts powerfully when we come to Him in prayer. Give us a call if you have anything you'd like us to pray with you for. You can submit a prayer request through the app or online. You can chat with one of our prayer partners. See you next time. Thank you for watching Walking by Faith. Walking by Faith is made possible in part by the generous gifts of our viewers. If you'd like to become a partner with us in using the truth of God's word to change lives around the world, please contact us online at walkingbyfaith.tv or at Walking by Faith 5120 Ivan Rest Avenue, Southwest Granville, Michigan 49418.